Welcome to Shout Your Cause with Sally Hendrick, a digital magazine where you can get found, get heard, and get inspired with content that challenges us to be globally minded. Our focus is on raising awareness around social justice issues, cultural differences, and to bring you the people dedicating their lives to tackling challenging topics as their way of giving back. Let us be your advocate to make your voices heard around the world. Welcome back to Shout Your Cause, everybody. I'm so excited today to have another TikToker online with me, and his name is Jared. He is a nurse who is out there fighting misinformation around COVID and the vaccines and so on and so forth. Jared, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. You'll know me as the dictator of the House of Petty, Muscles and Nursing on TikTok. Let's just get right into it and tell me a little bit about you and what's going on and how you got into this. So um, at the, the, the beginning of the pandemic, I actually worked um, as a health and wellness nurse and I worked out of a gym and um, I, I'm a personal trainer. Um, and then COVID hit and obviously gyms closed down and um, started working in the hospitals. And it just, after working in the hospital for, you know, probably about a year um, and just seeing everything that was going on, I had to get out of the hospital. Um, it, 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 it's, it's too much. Um, nurses are dealing with so much PTSD um, and just so much stress and short-staffed and um, the whole, how everything was handled. So I got out of there. I started working as a wound care nurse. Um, and then one day I, you know, I discovered TikTok and I was going through and I felt like I had something to say. <laughs> and it really was more of calling to task um, the like the boards of nursing and the American Nurses Association and governing boards for their absolute failed leadership when it comes to them um, speaking out against you know the governors that sign their communications and it made a hit mm -hmm. and I slowly started making more and then I got I started getting um, I guess you could say pushback from the anti-vax side um, and just the right. sheer the sheer just blatant lies um, that they were saying and how dangerous they were, um, I felt that I needed to say something. And so I started speaking out against it. And that's how we got here. So when it comes to the timeline of this, give me a little reference of when you started messing around on TikTok. I started messing around on TikTok, I would say probably January of this year. Um, and you know, oh, of I, this year, of this year, yes, um, of 2021. Of 20, you know, I would, well, no, I, I, it was probably around December of last year, this year. Um, I, I really started kind of, still, it's still pretty, it's still pretty new. Um, but I gained a lot of followers really, really fast because there's a need for it. Um, there's family mm -hmm. members and other nurses, um, and family members. I, for claim to fame, I have a full, an entire senior high school class got vaccinated from watching my videos, educating so that they could have a normal graduation this year. Um, the whole class. Nice. Yeah, so that that's really cool. Yeah, well, I mean, you wanna have an end reward to this and obviously yeah. we're wanting to save lives. We're wanting our families to be safe. But another thing that I've thought about this week was Sometimes I can be a little snarky about this because I just I just feel like I'm, I'm I know a whole lot of more information than the regular Joe Blow out there. Right. And 
So sometimes it makes us angry and it makes us feel like we maybe just, I don't know, like we, like we, we might come across as a little bit too snarky at times and that may not uh, come across to our audiences. And the way that I was thinking about it this week was, you know what, if people don't realize that I actually really care about them, but I'm also mm-hmm. protecting myself from having to go through a tragic loss of someone in my family or someone I love, that's really where this goes. Yeah. And that's, and that's for me. And that's my thing. Um, I mean, with my, you know, growing up, you know, I, I'm, so, you know, I'm a, I'm a foster care alum. I aged out as an orphan. I learned very quickly in life that, um, that, um, I learned very quickly in life that sometimes interacting with somebody with kids gloves is just not, it's not going to get through. And especially when you're coming from somebody who is spreading misinformation and anti-vax information, you know, people, they, in my, in my beliefs, like, I'm not going to, don't tone police me because this has nothing to do with being civil because what they're doing is putting people's lives on the line. They're, they're putting people's lives at risk. So I don't hold anything back um, because it's not, I believe that there's a, there's, there's a place and a time for civil discussion um, and true you know, discussion when it comes to vaccine hesitancy and those things. But when you are blatantly lying, I don't feel that that, I believe it's all a game board. Okay, and if you're gonna put those players and those pieces on the table, then I'm gonna respond in kind you'll have people that are arguing back with you, but they don't actually have information that they can find and give to you. Their information is just something they're repeating. Exactly. So like like a meme or somebody's speech or something like that. They're not actually able to go and look up real information and real data and truly understand. They're just taking someone else's word for it because it sounds good. Right. And if you notice, um, when it comes to this misinformation, it is literally a playbook. Like you can go down the list. Um, you know, mis- and also when they do their own research, they have they don't know how to read the research either. Like they take something that as if somebody was trying to hide something, and that's not how it is. They don't know how to read VAERS, which is the Vaccine um, Adverse Event uh, Reporting System. Um, they don't know how right. to, read it, but they act like it's gospel. Um, they, you know, they look at a report, they think it's real. Like the, there was an ivermectin report that everybody came out and said it was gospel. Everybody. Well, it was recently retracted, and um, the people who wrote it they lost their they lost their ability to like to practice. They, they were stripped of their ability, um, and they lost their labs because it was all falsified. Do you want to stand out from the crowd with your content? Come discover how to market yourself as an expert, as a change maker, as a positive influence on other people's lives. With the Exponential Marketing Club, you will learn the ins and outs of content marketing that makes a difference in the world. Visit sallyhendrick.com forward slash club. When you talk about this, is it ivermectin? Right. What you said? Right. What does that mean? Because I don't know anything about ivermectin. Okay, so ivermectin, when we first, when COVID first hit, there was this, um, 
literally a scramble to find medications that could possibly work. Hydrochloroquine and ivermectin right. were initially thought to be effective. They were not. They have done study after study proving that they are not effective. Um, and they're dangerous. Ivermectin is a, is a dewormer for horses, literally. So, and they and there was a study put out, um, and it was published through the Lancet through the Lancet, and it it was debunked. They retracted it. Uh, I believe it was two weeks ago, because they found out that the information that the scientists provided was all falsified. And it came from, and it's, it's such a rabbit hole when you go down with some of the stuff, but it always comes back to money. Um, and the big thing, it was called um, evidence-based medical research that was based out of England. And it come to find out it was just one doctor who was pushing ivermectin. Anybody that you see <laughs> spreading this information is, I and one of my biggest um, posts that I ever made um, was the anti-vax movement is a multi-level marketing scheme. And it is. Every person you see who's really spreading the misinformation, you can go back and they are selling multi-level marketing stuff. It really is. I saw that. I saw that video of yours and I remember laughing at that whole concept. And it was like, yeah, I think you're probably right on this. Yes. And then what happened was, and then what happened was, what was really funny um, is... I got so much pushback and they tried to take the post down and, um, and it didn't work. Um, and then my account got whitelisted uh, because I also do volunteering with the World Health Organization for operated Operation Fides. Um, because it's not just America that is dealing with this. The whole world, we're never going to get out of this until the whole world gets vaccinated. Never. It's not going to happen. Uh, look at India. India has... Uh. India has 4 million people dead. Brazil, just two days ago, clocked in 100,000 people dead. Like it's, it's, we cannot, I think humanity, we can't grasp the magnitude of death that we have seen in this world from this virus. And so when I see ivermectin studies or any of those things like that, when people are acting like they're gospel, I get really upset because that's family members, that's mothers, daughters, sons that they have lost while Americans are throwing away vaccines. It, it is very sad, especially now. I was looking at the stats yesterday or the day before. Tennessee has gone from two to 300 a day to 1,500 a day in the last month. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it may not feel like a lot to you. We're talking about 6 million people in the state. It may not feel like a lot to you, but what happens is it will escalate so fast, it exponentially, so fast that people will they'll spin their heads and, and not know what happened. And it's going to happen to the unvaccinated. And I it don't want to say, okay, I'm vaccinated, you're, you know, I'm good, you just move on and do, go on with your life. Because at the end of the day, you know, I've got, I've got five year old nieces and eight year old cousins and, you know, all of this. And it's like, this is scary. This could be really scary. And I don't want people to have to see it that way. I, I get it. Yes, you're right. It is scary. And you know what? For me, um, I am tired of being like uh, being accused of being a fear monger. No, 
this is the truth. Like you need to understand that if you are not vaccinated right now, like I, here's the deal. I respect the fact that if somebody doesn't want to take this vaccine, I respect that. Okay. That's fine. Nobody's forcing anybody to take this vaccine. Okay. You have a choice, but the problem is, is that people who choose not to get the vaccine, 99.999 repeating will also choose not to follow CDC guidelines which is social distance, wear a mask, mm-hmm. uh, don't go to large mm-hmm. gatherings, don't like, don't do that. They're not, they're not doing that. So that's why when I say, if you're not vaccinated right now, you're going to get Delta because Delta, when people say it's 50% more infectious, what they don't understand is that it's 50% more infectious than the alpha variant. And the alpha variant was 50% more contagious than the wild virus. So the original COVID that we had at the beginning of 2020, okay, or actually 2019, because they've now traced it back to November of 2019. Right. And that's why it's yeah. COVID-19. Um, that, that, that wild variant, alpha went up 50, delta went up 50. And people, I love, I love the argument, oh, you know, it's just going to get worse and worse, or, you know, it's, you know, it's government made or whatever. When you, I have a really good um, analogy. If you take a piece of paper, you put it into a, you take a piece of paper with an intricate design, you put it into a copy machine and you copy it. Then you take the copy, you know, the the copy product, what prints out, and then you copy that. And you do that Mm -hmm. over 300 million times. You will not have the same picture you start out with. So that's where right. the variants come from. And such as Tennessee, I have three nurses um, that I talk to regularly. I have nurses all over the country, world that I speak to on a daily basis. Tennessee's in, a, in for a world of hurt right now. And it's terrifying. But people need to know the truth. Do you have a dog? Learn unleashed potential dog training secrets with Duke Ferguson. This free video series will get you pro training tips so you can get your dog's attention, eliminate behavioral problems, and enhance your relationship in just 20 minutes a day. Sign up at sallyhendrick.com forward slash dog training. I was very upset when the CDC dropped the mask guidelines. I was very upset about yeah. it. They should have never done that, ever. Um, because that was... I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to give people who did the right thing and got vaccinated to be able to give them some freedom. You know what I mean? Um, to say, mm-hmm. you know, listen, we're, we're coming out of this. We thought that we were going to get more people vaccinated. They should have never done that ever. They should have never done that. Um, and that's why we're seeing the spread that we're seeing now. Of course, they reversed their guidelines today. People who are vaccinated need to wear a mask as well. Everybody needs to wear a mask. Um, I just, um, I don't, I think it's, to be fair, it's, it's too late. It, it's too late. Um, yeah, it is. I, it is. I, I still, I still recommend people going, going and get their vaccine. I, there's, there's a major uptick in, you know, in states to go and get the vaccine. The problem is, is it takes six weeks for you to be fully vaccinated. You know, you get your shot, you yeah, wait two yeah. weeks, you get your another yeah, shot yeah. in two weeks, then you're fully vaccinated. Um, that one shot isn't going to, you know, don't give yourself a sense of false security. Now let's move into talking about the testing. 
there's a new test that's coming out, and I would rather you kind of speak on that because I don't know all the details. Okay, yeah, sure. So when COVID first hit, um, we needed tests. Um, we, we, needed, we needed to be able to test for COVID. So the FDA um, issued emergency use authorization, we call those e EUAs, um, which the emergency use authorization means that they have done all, they're, they're doing the production at the same time as they're doing, they're, they've already finalized the testing, okay? There's always a follow-up, a six-month follow-up afterwards. What the EUA does, the emergency use authorization, cuts out the follow-up but they've already done all the clinical trials. It's just they're cutting out that extra six months of follow-up. They've already met all the safety protocols, everything. Um, so anyways, the FDA issued um, emergency use authorization for several tests. Those tests only tested for COVID. They didn't test for the flu. So there was two separate tests that you would get um, for it. Okay. The reason why we didn't have so much flu during the winter last month or last year is because people were masking, they were social distancing. So that, that's why the flu is not COVID. It's harder to catch the flu. Um, the flu has a 1.3 R-naught and the R-naught mm -hmm. determines if you are infected, how many more people will you infect? So right. the wild variant of COVID was the R-naught was two, okay? As we get into Delta, Delta's R naught is six, okay? And we also have seen super spreaders. Super spreaders, is, it, it's a phenomenon that we have that somebody who's infected will actually infect 30 people, 20 to 30 people. Delta is so infectious. So going back to the testing, we only had one test, okay? Um, several companies made them, but it was one test. Well, we're coming into flu season now. And we need to be able to test for flu. So to be able mm -hmm. to do this, the FDA has approved. Okay, so it's not an emergency use authorization. The FDA has mm -hmm. approved a multi-test so they can test for flu and COVID at the same time. Well, the anti-vax movement is trying to say, oh, look, COVID's never real. They were never testing for the flu. It's all a hoax, yada, yada. No, we were only testing for COVID. The CDC and the FDA is removing their emergency use authorization for that because we have a federally approved test that tests for both. A lot of people are saying that if, well, if you're taking one test, then you're mixing it all up. And it's like, no, there is advanced testing, very similar to what police do when they pull somebody over and maybe they're testing for drugs. They do, you know, one swab or whatever mm -hmm. it is that they need as a sample and they put it into their tube and then their litmus test or whatever is going to tell them, oh, there's cocaine in here, there's mm -hmm. methamphetamine, there's uh, marijuana or something else. And, or, you know, whatever it is that they're testing, they will, they can do, you know, they can test for a lot of things with right. just one little one little kit. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, in the past, when it came to flu versus COVID, you either tested for flu or you tested for COVID. And when people first started getting sick, before they even knew what COVID was, 
people were only testing for flu and it would be ruled out. People would be deathly ill. And they're like, I was so, so sick. And they said it wasn't the flu. And then I got pneumonia and blah, 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 blah. And Mm -hmm. it ends up that it was COVID. Mm -hmm. So now they're able to go one swab and we can tell if there are remnants of flu and if we, we can also tell if there are remnants of COVID. So now we'll be able to tell both. Now, what I would like to know is, do you think that when people go in to test for test for anything that they're going to say, okay, I'm going to test you now, and this is going to test you for the flu and for COVID. Do you think that anybody will be like, oh, no, just test me for flu. Don't test me for COVID. That's already happened. <laughs> um, that happens now. Um, I had an interaction a while back with um, a mother who brought her child into the ER. And when you come into the ER, your protocol is, is if you are having, if you have throwing a temp, if you're having trouble breathing, um, if you have a cough, if you come into the hospital, you are getting tested for COVID period, because there are protocols that need to be, we are in the middle of a global pandemic. Okay. And so there are protocols in place. She refused to allow her child to get tested for COVID. And she's like, she insisted that she wanted the flu, um, just a flu test. Oh, like We need to test you for COVID too. Kids still get COVID. Um, so, but yes, that's going to happen. Um, people, uh, people are going to say, well, I don't want a test. And well, what do you want us to do? Uh, we can't, we're not gonna be able to perform the measures that we need to do unless we have a result of either flu or COVID. Flu is treated differently than COVID. Turn what you know into what you do. Join the platform with the most ways to monetize what you know, whether it's online courses, coaching, memberships, podcasts, newsletters, communities, or more. Kajabi gives you all the tools you need to build, market, and sell it with just a few clicks. Sign up at sallyhendrick.com forward slash Kajabi. That's K-A-J-A-B-I. We need to be able to test for that, but unfortunately, I I see it now. People are not going to be getting the flu shot this year who normally would have. Because the anti-vaxxers are now trying to convince people that it's mixed. We ethically cannot do that. We, it, it's, it's consent. As a nurse or a doctor, we cannot lie to you and tell you that what is one medication we're giving is another. It's completely unethical. We could be sued. It's malpractice. We would lose our licensing. But people are starting to say that now. And it's we're going to have flu on top of COVID, Delta, Okay, because Delta is still going to be peaking. We're not we're not even up the curve yet. We're barely at the base of this mountain with this massive upswing. If you look at the projections of the IHEM, International Health Monitoring for the COVID projections, 200,000 <laughs> cases of COVID. Okay, people testing positive right. for COVID okay. and then a thousand yeah. deaths a day, um, which is yeah. basically we're back to square one again. And God forbid we get to the point where the vaccinated are back to square one. Because, I mean, what's Lambda going to do? What are the all the variants going forward going to do? It's like all of a sudden we're going to be starting over again. So that is a fear. um, And it is a a possibility. The Lambda variant was first identified in Peru. It is the number one one, uh, COVID variant in Peru. 
Um, but Peru doesn't have as, as good as a healthcare system or like scientific facilities, science facilities as we do, like labs that we do in the United States. What Lambda right. has been shown is been shown to not only evade the natural immunity if you've got the wild variant, just so your listeners know, if you've had COVID, you are not immune to getting COVID again. I had COVID twice. Right. I had pulmonary scleroderma at the bottom of my lungs. My lungs are glass. Okay. So you can get it again. The Lambda variant is able to evade not only the natural immunity, but they're seeing ability for it to actually evade our vaccine immunity. So if the Lambda variant recombinates with the Delta variant, we're back to square one. That's terrifying. We talked earlier before we started recording about these 12 large anti-vax people with agendas, et cetera, the dirty dozen, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yes. Could you give a little bit more background on that? So they were first identified um, to me and uh, the group that I work with, with World Health Organization. There was a, uh, a paper put out. Um, it was a research paper that came out of Germany. Of They were able to track um, all the misinformation that was on the internet, social media sites, flyers, literal flyers that were going door to door to people. Um, and they were able to track it back to 12 people that altogether, they probably spent close to $16 billion. So when people say big pharma, mm -hmm. <laughs> I say big MLM, because each one of these 12 mm -hmm. are multi-level marketing you know, people. Like they sell their own natural oils and supplements and things like that. We, they identified 12 of them. The largest one being Joseph Mercola. Now Joseph Mercola owns Whole Foods, okay? He has a major, he's got a huge online, um, you know, nat uh, nature homeopathic remedy online site um, that has spent millions of dollars spreading anti-vax information. And that's why it recently, you know, they recently came, it became national news just recently. Now, I've known them about them for a long time, and I've been posting against them for a long time, but it's finally made in inroads into national news media. It was, there was, there was a report recently out of the UK that people, social media influencers came forward to say they were being offered money to spread anti-vax information. And so what I mm -hmm. encourage your listeners to do is that when they see a Facebook post or when they see a, a Twitter, uh, you know, a tweet or something like that, going against the right. vaccine, drill down and look at what website are they going to bring you to and who hosts that mm -hmm. website and who pays for that information to be on that website. And it will go back to one of those 12. Um, and you know, you know, what's scary about this. And I'll tell you, there's, there's also bigger consequence on clicking on those links. And there's a lot of changes that have happened recently with um, Apple phones, with the iOS update. It was, it was the 14 iOS 14 recently and I'm in the Facebook advertising space. And one of the things that we do, which is very effective in getting information in front of people again and again to really convince them to like, come buy our thing or come over here and look at what we're doing or come join my program. Um, one of the things that happens is you put tracking codes on websites 
And when someone clicks over from Facebook over to that website, Facebook then can identify that that was the person who went to the website. And then the person doing the advertising can actually go make an audience of the people who clicked over to the website, and then they can run ads just to those people. So I'm very, this is something I know that politicians, have, a lot of politicians have done. A lot of entrepreneurs do it. I do it. I do it as an agent owner. I do it as an agency, as a Facebook ads expert. And what ended up happening was Apple stepped up and decided we're not going to allow all of this extra tracking from websites back to Facebook and also Instagram because that's owned by Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. And they stepped up and said, we're not going to allow that. And so whenever, I don't know if you noticed, but if you have an iPhone, uh, whenever you go to an app, it'll say, do you allow tracking or not? And so every person is asked if they want to allow the site to track them or not. And a lot of people are obviously opting out and saying no. And so what that does, it makes it so that if you click on a link online to go over to a website, they're no longer able, if you're on an Apple device, they're no longer able to track it back to you via Facebook and Instagram and then send you further information. And I think that a lot of it was because of what's happened with COVID. That's why Apple decided to step up and create that block. Now, I've had to work on different ways of getting back in front of people anyway, um, you know, because there are ways of doing it. But it's usually the most interested people who are giving over their email addresses as to the ones that you can get back in front of. Mm -hmm. So now the technology has got this block. But before, if you clicked on that stuff, you were very much a target to get more information later so that ads and different things would come up that would continue to push you further and further and further into that rabbit hole of misinformation. Very much so. I was just going to say, so even though it can be used for a good thing to really help these small businesses perform really well, it can also be used for evil with something like this. So true. And I don't know, do you remember, um, do you remember the Cambridge Analytica fiasco with Facebook? Yeah. So what yeah. people don't remember, okay, um, and this ties into the whole anti-vax and finding their target and things like that, because what happened, and we'll tie this all, I'll tie this all together. Cambridge Analytica, if you had a Samsung phone and you had download mm -hmm. Messenger, Facebook Messenger onto your phone, they were actually able to not only get your messenger information, but they were, Facebook had your uh, voicemails and your text messages outside of their app. Apple wouldn't allow them right. to do that. Apple stopped that. But anybody who had a Samsung or an Android operating system and you downloaded those two apps, <laughs> your information was theirs. Um, and that was, that was kind of, that was kind of terrifying. Would you rather work or would you rather play? If we're going to go through all of this business building stuff, it better be for something that we love doing, right? Take a moment to do this quick life purpose challenge to discover what makes you truly happy. It's free. Visit sallyhendrick.com forward slash life purpose. When it comes to COVID misinformation, what happened? One of the 
biggest targets that they always have is pregnant or um, soon to be conceiving mothers. And they will, mm-hmm. they'll find out if you click on one of those links and then you start looking at, you know, Infameal or going to like Etsy and looking at, you know, cribs and things like that, they'll be able mm-hmm. to start targeting you from that. So it's just, it's, it's so insidious, you know, it's so insidious. Yeah, I, I know, I know exactly about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly how that works. Oh yeah. But oh, I don't yeah. use it. I don't use it for evil. <laughs> no, it's fine. And I respect All it. Right. No. I, I I respect it. I absolutely do. I mean, I love the fact that sometimes I'll log in and I'll be like, I'll buy things from, you know, advert you know, things that you guys people like you advertise to me. I do it all the time. So the last thing I wanted to touch on that we had talked about beforehand was that insurance companies are really looking at things. We didn't see increases in insurance premiums for our health care for 2021 going into the renewals. But going into the 2022 renewals, um, I heard in through the grapevine, and you've heard through the grapevine, that the underwriters are all uh, chatting it up and the actuaries are crunching the numbers. And even though the government, you said something about the government gave insurance company waivers to be able to get right. extra reimbursement from the government, et cetera. Yeah, but now the we're, oh, the CARES Act. Okay. So there was the Makes CARES sense. Act, and Makes also sense. when they when they did the stimulus, when they did the stimulus, um, the the I think I forgot what the name of it was, but when they did the stimulus the first time, they included mm-hmm. insurance companies. Um, they were told to, insurance companies were directed um, and told to offer waivers for COVID care, meaning, you know, testing, co-pays, those kind of things. Anything that had to do with COVID-related care, um, they, mm-hmm. they, insurance companies were told to issue waivers. It continued into the CARES Act, but that expires very soon. Um, and insurance companies no longer have to cover you know, that 20% of normal, you know, hospital costs and hospital bills for COVID, like for worst case scenario, COVID, you're looking at $3 million. So if you think 20% of $3 million, that's a lot of money. There are a lot of cases, there are a lot of cases that run up those numbers, but Mm -hmm. I do know that they, they will work them with a fine tooth comb. I used to be the actuary for, um, I used to be the actuary for a group of hospitals here in Nashville and one of they had a program where the government would reimburse them for certain situations but other situations they were not part of that program but it was so that they would serve the general public because you've got private hospitals that don't have to serve the general public no. they can say oh you don't have insurance I'm sorry you probably need to go over here instead and they will transfer you out. Whereas you've got the public hospitals and they have to serve people who come through the door, especially through the emergency room. And if that, if that arrangement wasn't there with the government, they wouldn't be serving those people. Mm -hmm. People don't understand how much money we have spent as a collective in the United States on COVID response, just in healthcare alone, Mm -hmm. you're looking at trillions Mm -hmm. of trillions of dollars um, of not only lost revenue with hospitals, but also incurred cost. Um, 
And what we can, we can safely assume that there's going to come a point where because our, uh, our healthcare system is a for-profit healthcare system, whether you like it or not, that's just where it is. Somehow these healthcare companies are going to find a way to not absorb those costs. They have to pull, pull a profit. And the only way to unabsorb a cost is to put it back on people who buy your product. So, mm -hmm. I mean, buckle up kids, cause it's gonna get real expensive soon. I am concerned about that. I'm very concerned. Um, I was one of the people who created those costs. I'm the one who went in and evaluated all that stuff and came out and said, this is what the premium is going to be. And I did it mostly for workers' comp and medical malpractice insurance and other types of liabilities. But I definitely understand how it works on the health insurance side of the table. And those numbers, I think, are going to be shocking to everyone, I'm afraid. Now, maybe there'll be something that will curtail it from entering the general public's, you know, bills, if you will. But I think it's going to be, it, maybe it would be mitigated somewhat for a while, but it's going to be difficult for everyone to absorb that. It is uh, across the board. And it, if we don't get our act together, this is just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. Nothing is going to change until the whole world is vaccinated. Okay. Del First of all, let's look at this. It took one person being infected by a zoonotic virus. Okay. Or uh, a nosocomial, which is not nosocomial, but a zoonotic, meaning it went from an animal to man. COVID did. Right. Um, and before you come for me, they just they just released a study where they found DNA from like from like back like during Paleolithic when man first walked the earth, they found DNA markers of the COVID virus. The COVID has COVID has been around with us for hundreds of thousands of years. Okay. So they found those markers. So this was a COVID virus with one man that started in East Asia that traveled the entire globe. And Delta did not come from the United States. Delta came from India, okay? The Alpha variant was from UK. Until mm -hmm. we get the world vaccinated, we cannot get out of this mess. Sometimes I lie awake at night and, and I'll be like, what, you know, what is really going on in the world? And it's almost like, you know what? This has been in the ground. This has been in the animals. This has been on the earth somewhere, somehow. And something has released it, right? Something mm -hmm. has released it and it's this fight back from mother nature of like, right. enough is enough. Mother nature is not happy with us. Let's just put it that way. She ain't happy. The more our polar ice caps melt, the more chances those viruses that were alive have a possibility to become active. Now, I always end, though, I can't end on this crazy note like that because it right. just it doesn't leave any, any hope. But right. what I do want to end on is what is your hopeful message about if everybody, like, starts to, you know, figure out how to look past what's happening? Because we've got things going on in so many directions. We've got political unrest. We have you know, COVID-19, you have all of these things that are happening all over the world, not just here, but all over the world. What is your hope when we get to the other side of this? 
my hope is is that people the divide that the, the, the divide that political unrest and this virus when it first started happening i i honestly had hope because i thought that would bring us together as a nation and, and as a in as a nation and as a world we had this huge opportunity um to do that and it was unfortunately squandered um my biggest hope is that there will be a change in how we interact with our fellow man that when we say you know it, it's when we say when we understand that our choices don't just affect us everybody's right. choices affects everybody around you and i hope that that is something yeah. we can take from this just realizing that yeah. choices yeah this nice big kumbaya of like we're all here we're all around the same table we need to we need to understand each other and not keep being so individualistic it is okay to listen to somebody's concerns and fears and it's also okay to refuse to listen to somebody when they are giving you a line of absolute lies you can shut that down you know what i mean you don't have you don't have to listen to that you know what i mean we we that, yeah. that's a good thing it's a self care thing honestly yep. well thank you very much jared i've really enjoyed talking with you today and everybody go see the show notes and and you will get some information on how to find Jared on TikTok at Muscles and Nursing. And then that's it. We'll see you next time. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sally, for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening today. My name is Sally Hendrick. Be sure to visit our website for show notes and more information on how you can inspire others. If you would like to contribute content to our magazine, please apply on our website at shoutyourcause.com. 